Speaks Radio, and I am the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks in general, which is a company that just tries to raise everyone's voice and share knowledge and resources with people all around the world from all ages and stages of life regarding dementia and uh, in caregiving. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to have a really interesting conversation about incontinence, and I think you're going to be shocked at some of the things that you hear and listen to about how we can get over this embarrassment and shame. You know, there's a, there's enough stigma out there with dementia. We don't need it rolling into incontinence, which a lot of people are dealing with uh, as the disease progresses. So um, before I go there, though, I just uh, I just want to thank everybody for, for listening and for liking and clicking and sharing our show. You have gotten us noticed all around the world, and with that, um, enabled us to connect with people all around the world and, and interview so many interesting people doing fabulous things. So thank you for your sense of community and your collaboration, and I hope you continue to like click and share Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. If you're a business and you're looking to kind of expand your brand footprint, reach out to me because we have a lot of offerings um, through our radio through show, through the blog, through Dementia Chats videos, our um, Dementia Quick Tips. There's a lot of different ways that we can uh, help soft sell and brand you out there um, to, to a specific niche. And um, I'd love to talk with you further. Just uh, Go to Lori at alzheimerspeaks.com. That's Lori, L-O-R-I. Um, I also want to just give a shout out to Keith Gallus. He's written this great book called Parental Dementia, A Guide Through All the Difficult Questions. And it's just a wonderful book for families starting out on the journey of caregiving. Um, because, you know, Keith is has been an executive director um, in senior housing for 20 years. And so he's heard all the tough questions that families face. And so he's put this book together, uh, again, called Parental Dementia, A Guide to All the Difficult Questions. And it's available at Amazon and Walmart and Barnes and Noble. Or you can go to his site, parentaldementia.com. And there, if you use the discount code Lori, L-O-R-I, um, you'll get a discount for being our listener. So there's nothing wrong with that. But each one of the um, chapters covers a particular question, and I just think you'll find it extremely helpful. I also want to give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory. Dave just does a wonderful job putting that together. We've got around 800 um, memory cafes now in the United States, and we know there's some out there that we don't know about, and we'd love to get them in the directory. It doesn't cost any money. And for those of you looking for support with uh, your person who's diagnosed and you're a family member or a friend and you would like to go to the memory cafes, it's just a wonderful experience where you will you'll just get to connect with people um, like yourselves that understand and you'll do a lot of laughing as well as a lot of learning and sharing. So with no further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce our guest today. It's going to be a really fascinating show, and I think one that is going to change a lot of people's perceptions about incontinence, which I think is extremely important. And so we're going to be kind of reframing what what you thought of incontinence uh, through CINE, um, and they really kind of give a facelift to this whole product line and, and get us thinking about quality of life by doing something a little bit different just to meet our needs. So first I wanna to introduce to you Deanna Vigliata, and she has 30 years experience in healthcare sales and joined CINE in 2019. Um, and her goal is really to educate folks about the high quality adult incontinence products that they have. And I gotta tell you, when 
I talked with her on the phone. I got off going, she's going to change the world. This is just amazing. She is so excited about this and has some great insights, I think, to get people more comfortable with the conversation and how they choose, choose products and why. So Cine uh, products are new to the U.S., so you might not have even heard of them, but they are um, and, and have been over in Poland. Is there a Polish-based company called TZMO since 1951? So they know their stuff and what is going on. So welcome, Deanna. How are you doing today? Very well. Thank you, Lori, for having us here. We appreciate it. Well, good. Um, next, I'm going to go ahead and introduce her sidekick sitting by her there, uh, Lori Gridline. And she is with Vincent Medical uh, Equipment and Supply which is a family-owned medical supply company based in Michigan. And Vincent started in Michigan in 1953, and they currently have retail stores in Michigan and Florida. Lori resides in Florida, and her role has been account executive for almost two years. And uh, Lori is going to add, I think, a lot in terms of, you know, she's very familiar with all the different types of products and the differences out there with them. So. Welcome, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you again so much for having us. Well, good. I'm going to introduce our other two guests, and then we will get on with our line of questioning. Uh, Alan Bentley is an LPN and a clinical nurse liaison who proudly represents Tower Home Care and Rehabilitation Services, and he's been doing that since 2002. He serves as an educator to physicians, to case managers, social workers, and he really specializes in collaborating uh, with referring partners and colleagues to provide patients with education and resources necessary to have optimal care in their place uh, so that they also have optimal recovery because some people are in transitional care, some people are gonna be dealing with incontinence uh, long-term and all of those things matter. Alan strives to reduce readmissions, which is like top of the tag list out there. So surveyors and communities and providers alike um, hopefully are really gearing up to, to hear about our conversation today. So welcome, Alan, and how are you doing? Thank you very well. Appreciate being here. Well, good. Um, next, I am going to introduce sitting next to Alan is Trisha in Gracia, and she is a wellness director at Strive at Fern Park. And she has over 25 years of experience in nursing, which includes memory care, staff development director, um, resident services director, community liaison, um, long-term care nurse, medical office nurse. Uh, all of her titles reminds me when I was in healthcare, it was kind of that jack of all trade. <laughs> Just kind of kept exploring, exploring new roles. In her early career, she worked um, in a psychiatric intensive care unit at one of the local hospitals, but shortly after that, she really found her home in, in memory care, and it's kind of been a lifelong passion of hers. So her goal is to really to venture into other areas of nursing, um, but she's always returned to, to memory care. It just kind of seems to be to be her home there. So welcome. Um, how are you doing today, um, Trisha? I'm doing great. Well, good. I am actually going to start out with the two of you, Trisha and, and Alan, because I always ask my guests one question um, before we kind of get into um, our, our main program, and that is, have either of you been touched within your own family circle or friends by dementia? And I'm going to have Trisha go first on that, if you don't mind. Um, yes, my, my mother's side of the family has had a long history of dementia. Um, from my grandmother to my aunts, her sisters. So, yes, my great-grandma. Okay, great. And how about you, Alan? Um, as a nurse, I, I experience it basically on a daily basis to see, you know, the hardship of the families and the difficulties that a lot of times the patients or the residents go through. From a personal level, I had a wonderful uncle who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, someone who was very independent, very strong, supported his entire family, and I watched him basically reduce himself to where he could not do his ADLs, he could not help himself. He really became a shell of the person that he used to be, 
And I remember how it affected our family as a whole. And it's just, it's a difficult situation. But as nurses, it's kind of like, you know, we're there to help and to bring light and education. Wonderful. Thank you. And how about you, Deanna? Yeah, on my dad's side, my aunt had Alzheimer's disease and, and we used to get, he used to talk with the family and we'd get updates over the phone, but she was um, a woman who was a wanderer. Uh, and so, yes, on, on my dad's side, my aunt. Great. And Lori, how about Not personally touched by a family member, but absolutely by working in this environment in uh, a few skilled nursing environments that I worked in, we had a memory support unit. So I got a lot of education um, and learned all the uh, little nuances about that, that disease. And it was very interesting. And of course, our patients and residents were just wonderful, wonderful people who unfortunately suffered from some of that. And, you know, I would talk to the family members. Great. Thank you. Well, I want to get on with our line of questioning because, again, I think this conversation is going to be life-changing, hopefully, for a lot of people out there in terms of how they frame incontinence and just upping, upping the ante in terms of their knowledge and their options out there. So, Deanna, I want to start with you. If you can kind of give us an overview of how many people with Alzheimer's are affected by incontinence and, even more importantly, how the heck does it affect them? Yeah, so statistics from 2019, uh, the Alzheimer's Association has reported in the U.S. 5.8 million people with Alzheimer's disease, and out of that 5.8 million, 60 to 70% uh, will go on to have incontinence issues. So you're talking about a, a, a staggering number of people, and then there are about 200,000 people that are have early onset, and, and they're considered 65 years uh, or younger, but the majority, um, 5.8 million and, and 60 to 70%. I always think of it, if you take those numbers and you break them down, what's staggering to me is with Alzheimer's disease and a person being incontinent, you're not only talking about the impact of incontinence with that individual, but you think of their caregivers, their spouse, their loved ones, their family members, uh, people in health, everybody. And, and so to me, it's just, it's a wow factor of, um, of staggering numbers out there um, in terms of incontinence. And it's one of those things where a lot of people uh, don't want to talk about it, don't want to plan for it, and then it becomes a, a crisis mode. And so um, the impact that it can have can, can be varied from um, People uh, that are just starting to become incontinent may stay in their home. They're afraid to go out with worry, so they become uh, isolated. That can be a big, you know, issue. Um, pressure sores. If you're if you're not in a good quality product that's not breathable, you can get pressure sores, and the ripple effects from that can be just staggering and worrisome, and 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 just not good. Um, it just is, it, it's such an impact. And I think of, um, I think I'm learning with, with being with Senny, it's amazing to me, the caregivers, I always think of the person that's incontinent has their share of um, uh, different things that will impact them in regards to it. But also those caregivers, I think about sleep deprivation. And I know myself, if, if, if I'm woken up every two hours, uh, I would be a bear in the morning. And I think of the folks at home that have to deal with navigating other things, the healthcare system, financial concerns, everyday tasks, laundry, things like that. And I think, my goodness, if, if folks can get a good night's sleep with a good product, um, their, care, their caregiver can get a good night's sleep too and, and hopefully together um, deal with the things that, that impact with incontinence. Well, thank you. I think it, it's really good that you brought up the impact that it has on, on family um, because it's, you know, you're dealing with the stigma of dementia to begin with, no matter what type it is. And then there's a huge stigma with incontinence as well out there. So you're getting this double whammy and the, the process, especially if the person isn't receiving, you know, wanting to wear an incontinence product. I remember my mom I'm not wearing any damn diapers, she'd say, <laughs> you know, and she'd get really mad. And I said, but mom, you know, if we do this, you're going to be able to do a lot more things, you know, and 
but it's hard sometimes when people don't have the ability to always, you know, put logic into play in terms of how that is handled. And I think people were worried about the big bulky look of it and everybody's going to know and, and on and on, which I'm sure we'll get into some of that, uh, some of those myths a little bit later. Can you explain, um, Deanna, how choosing a quality product when it comes to incontinence can really make a difference for, for everybody involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really, really important to choose a product. Um, I always think of it in, in the simplest of terms that's breathable, meaning when somebody voids, if, if they're able to have a breathable product, the skin can breathe, and that is going to reduce risk of skin breakdowns and the pressure sores. So super important for that. Um, choosing a product that will allow you to sleep uninterrupted through the night with feeling comfortable, feeling dry, having moisture wicked away from the skin, all of those types of things will allow you to sleep through the night. That's a ripple effect into being able to tie in with what they call restorative sleep, meaning you can go through the different sleep cycles. And so when you awake in the morning, you're more alert. And you think again, I keep saying ripple effects, but there are so many. If you're alert in the morning, your risk of falls is reduced. So you want to choose a product that's breathable, that's super absorbent, um, that's the correct size and fit. I hear a lot in the field, people will sometimes think a bigger sized product is better because it's going to hold more. And, and that's just a myth. The reality is you need it to fit correctly uh, and, and it will work correctly. Things I hear in the field, like people sometimes will think, well, if this isn't working for me, then I'll put an insert into the product. Again, we don't encourage that at all. We encourage the exact opposite. Wear a product that has the right fit, the right absorbency level, and you may be you may wear one type of product during the day um, and one for night. For example, if if you're uh, more active, more mobile during the day, and someone's actually helping to toilet you through the day, that may be a pull-up type of product, as an example. And then at night, um, where you're into the, the the good quality sleep pattern and you're more immobile, you may wear a brief at night or different absorbency levels. So there's a lot, there's a lot more to it than just uh, a package of, of uh, products on the shelf and a price tag with it. There's just so much more proper fit. So you want to look for breathability. You want to look for super absorbency. You want to look for correct fit and size. Um, soft non-wovens uh, with, with no plastic for comfort. Um, just to your point where you were saying, my mom, you know, I don't want to wear that. Well, Folks want to wear something that's comfortable and, and one type of product for one person. We're all different. We're all human. Um, may feel differently with another person. So all those things, it's just more importantly to get the discussion out there, help the, the loved one with the right product at the right time, and, um, and get them comfortable that, that they can go on and have their uh, dignity as well. You know, more, um, I'm very modest. And so I know for me, if I became incontinent, I, um, I would appreciate a product where I wouldn't have to be changed as frequently. And that gets into super absorbency of products because um, you, you've got more dignity uh, maintained that way, that way as well. Wonderful. You know, one of the things I had to um, giggle at just in terms of, of process, my, my daughter, um, well, she had a baby, it was like five years ago, but after she had her baby, she was wearing pull-ups. And I'm like, what are you wearing a pull-up for? And she's like, oh, mom, everyone's wearing them now because the kids are like, well, hey, we're, we're not messing with this stuff. We're getting on with life. I mean, the whole attitude was very different. There wasn't any of this shame or embarrassment that so many people feel. And so it's interesting as the generations change and in you know what their goals are um, makes a huge, huge difference. I want to go to um, Alan next, if that's okay. And I would just like to ask you... What can you share about the clinical impact on skin? Because, you know, we talk about pressure sores, but most families, I mean, that's not something that they've seen or that they're looking for. Um, and, and, you know, like, like Deanna said, there's a ripple effect with all this stuff too. 
Absolutely. I just want people to realize that urinary incontinence is not a disease. It is a symptom. And it can be caused by an underlying medical condition or a physical problem. And there are complications for people who experience chronic urinary incontinence. And some of those can be basically like skin problems and rashes, uh, skin infections, excoriations, irritations. And people typically with prolonged urinary incontinence, they are a higher risk for repeated urinary tract infections. And we need to realize that urine is very acidic. It is extremely irritating to the skin surface. And with our particular home health patients, it's imperative that for those patients who have coccyx wounds or buttocks wounds, that we keep the skin clean and dry, that we keep moisture away, keep urine away, so therefore it's able to heal naturally. That makes a lot of sense. One of the, one of the phrases you used was, I think it was excoriation, and I know I don't know what that means. So can you explain that to, to our listeners as well? Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a skin irritation. It becomes red and angry looking, um, and it can be very uncomfortable. It's kind of like a, a minor burn, if you will. It kind of has that appearance to it. Thank you. That, that's really helpful. Um, I'm going to uh, throw the next question to, uh, to Trisha. Um, and because you're a, uh, an RN and a wellness director at the senior community, what are your thoughts about the impact about uh, dignity with residents and, and same with their families when they're dealing with this situation? Well, it definitely impacts the dignity part. Um, so let's go back to where um, when we're young, right? We're all taught to toilet train and be continent. And then as we age and we progress and go through life, um, different things change, you know. Um, our abdominal walls weaken, um, we might have some prolapse in the pelvic area or nerve damage, overactive bladder. All those things um, contribute to the cause of urinary leakage or incontinence. And some of those symptoms, as you said, um, are the urgency, you know, you're maybe walking along, all of a sudden you gotta go. Um, or the stress one where you're coughing, laughing, sneezing, <laughs> um, and you, you have some leakage. Um, and the last one is what we see a lot in the facilities too is the functional. Um, and that means where physically you're just not able to get to the bathroom in time. You feel the urge, but you can't get there in time. So this causes the embarrassing moments for them. Um, and they tend to recluse back into their room. You know, um, they isolate themselves. They say they don't want to be, they don't want to go out there. Um, they don't want to be, have that embarrassing moment. Um, and that's where a good quality product comes about. Uh, we can get them into something that, that gives them the confidence and can get them back out there doing their social activities. It, it improves their quality of life. So right. one thing I want to ask you as the, as the wellness director too, in terms of uh, like activities and events, are there certain exercises that might be able to help strengthen, you know, some of the, the abdominal walls and, and things like that? Is, is any of that kind of worked in? And again, that would be earlier stages when someone could follow directions and, right. and things. And I know that that's not the cure-all for everybody, depending on their, their situation. Well, we encourage all our residents to get down to the activities, that, the exercise activities that we have every morning. Um, and Towers is in our building here. So um, they, you know, they have their therapy department who helps us. But ultimately, um, anything that would work with your core, your abdominal um, areas, that would help um, strengthen those muscles. Thank you. I'm going to go back to, uh, to Lori here. And I wanted to have you kind of touch on the importance of buying the right product. How the heck do you know? I mean, I think, well, like when my mom was in the nursing home for 14 years and, you know, as a family, we weren't asked to purchase those things. It was, they were there, but there was like small, medium and large. If you were lucky, that was your choice. And, you know, there wasn't any of this you know, overnight, heavier flow, you know, there, was, there just weren't options. It was, it was uh, kind of a one size fits all in three sizes, basically. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how people pick and if somebody walks into your store or calls you, how do you guide them through this process? 
Well, it's funny you should say that because I can't tell you how many family members I have met that did not know where to go for their medical supplies and equipment for their mother and father. Um, so we, we sell everything from medical supplies, meaning down to the medical tape, to the canes, the walkers, wheelchairs, incontinence products, all the way to oxygen, CPAP machines. So we are full service. Um, as far as buying an incontinent product, very, very important to come into a medical supply store like Vincent's because number a few few different reasons. Number one, you have an educated staff. Senny has come in and done an in-service. So we do have other products on the shelves. But when she came, when Deanna came in and did an in-service to our staff, it was it was night and day from the other in-services, let's just say, because the way this product works, um, you want your loved ones to come into a store like ours versus the big box stores uh, or ordering online. When you order online or you go into a big box, I can promise you that staff is not going to be educated on that particular product line per se. Number two, they will not give you a sample to walk away with and see how the product does for you. Uh, we will. We will give you the sample to go and try it and then come back and you might need a different size. We will measure, we will talk about what size is right for you. Like Deanna talked about, the absorbency is very, very important. So when people are going into the stores or ordering online, they, they don't know what they don't know, right? So they are going to order based on probably what their loved one has been using and it just works okay, but it does not work as great as it probably could. So buying the right product at the right place is extremely important. You know, it kind of reminds me of when I was younger and, um, and even as you're older, you know, as things change, it, and this might sound really silly, but to me it, it just uh, kind of hit home is just going and getting fitted for a bra. You can pick one off the, off the rack, but you go get fit one fitted and you're like, oh, this is so much more comfortable. You know, I didn't, I didn't know I was this size. I thought I was this size. I didn't, you know, and, and, you know, it's just, it's those little things I think that can make such a huge, huge difference with people. And, um, or, you know, I, I think of dog food too. You know, well, this is what we've always gotten. What kind do I get? And no one's really ever asked, what kind should my pet have? It's just, I like the packaging of this, or I read this and it sounded good, but no one's really asked a professional. And yet it's, it's something that you love and you care for so much. And we just, I mean, I remember I used to, I had cut it out. And nowadays I would have just taken a picture of the, the, the dog food and go, okay, this is what I get without thinking twice, without even looking at what is new or different out there. And so, um, you know, I'm assuming that your service is free um, when somebody comes into the store asking for information. Is that correct? Or is there a consulting fee at all? No, not at all. You are correct. It's just like walking into a, a retail store. Um, we function as a retail store. Um, and we also have not only coupons for, you know, for the Senny products, 20% um, off your first order of Senny products. We also have a little table set up where you can, my, our staff can show the person how this product works and literally pour the entire bottle of water onto the product and have them feel it after, you know, 25 seconds and show them how this is a superior product and here's why. And then we talk about a little bit of the nursing um, uh, things that correlate into this product, like Trish and Alan were talking about. It's decreased, you know, decreased risk of UTIs, decreased risk of, ex, uh, you know, the um, skin breakdown, um, the wounds. It, it protects all that. So, and often it, it eliminates that from happening. It stops it from happening. So again, superior product and the fact that we can literally show people how it works and why it's so important to choose a product with an educated staff. Well, and I, I love that you brought up, the, you know, the UTIs because, 
you know, sometimes it's a little bit harder, you know, with grooming and stuff and to keep somebody clean, but we all have pretty much experienced out there someone with a UTI that takes a medication and then boom, it still isn't gone. And you know, you're you're fighting that battle over and over. I hear that with families all the time, and now they're pushing to get, you know, um, actually like a, almost a double dose of the antibiotic to make sure that it's actually really gone. Because you know, it's it's not common for that. And yet with the, the readmissions to the hospitals and, and all of those things can be um, just uh, horrible. And with the, the skin sores, um, I mean, I, I've not seen anything personal, but I mean, I've seen photos of people. And I mean, some of those skin sores, are, they're just, I mean, they make you want to gag. Uh, they're so horrible. You can't imagine how much pain they're in. And then, you know, the potential of, I would imagine, going septic in, in a situation like that raises, and I'm going to go back to um, Ellen and Trisha on this, is, is that something that can happen for their body to go septic if, if uh, one of those wounds isn't handled properly? Absolutely, and, and with the elderly, they go septic very quickly, and something I wanted to elaborate on of what you mentioned is the fact that when you were talking about the elderly and antibiotics, you know, um, a lot of times when you overuse antibiotics, you can become resistant to them. So when you truly need them at a later time, they will not be as effective. So in, in our arena in home care, we're seeing patients are being discharged from the hospital. Um, I don't want to say prematurely, but very early on. It's the goal to kind of get them out. So from a home health perspective, we're seeing patients at a higher acuity level, meaning uh, their care is very involved. Probably in home health, it's, we treat from a nursing perspective, probably 40 to 50% of our visits are wound care. People with open wounds, and they're not necessarily simple wounds. They can be very extensive. They can be stage three, they can be stage four. Um, and you know, a lot of times with the elderly, they're already uh, immune compromised. They have uh, a lot of times vascular issues, some are diabetic and it really hinders the healing process. So especially with the, with the Senna product that actually keeps the moisture away from the wound bed and away from the dressing, it decreases our visits because the number one thing is that we see for coccyx wounds or buttocks wounds is a caregiver calling in and saying, the dressing is saturated. The, the patient is urinated, they, they become incontinent, it's now wet, we need a nurse to come out and rebandage it or change the dressing. But with the center product line, what we've noticed is it keeps the moisture away for an extended period of time. Therefore, it really enables the, it's, it's a benefit to the patient in the healing process, but also from a home care perspective. Well, that's great to know. One of the things I just want you to um, clarify for people, you had mentioned wounds um, at stage three and four. How many stages are there just so families listening know there's and, typically, there's typically four stages of wounds. Okay, great. And pre yeah, pressures, pressure ulcers and, and that kind. Um, you know, the stage one being the very superficial to where the outer layer of the skin is affected. And then you have stage four to where there's, there's muscle and sometimes bone involved. But now there's products for, such as like wound vacs. And we've come from the nursing perspective such a long way in treatment modalities to where I remember early on in my nursing career, it was nothing to see patients for wound care two or three times a day. And now with these very advanced wound care products, you can see them you know, twice a week, three times a week, and you don't disrupt the healing process of the wound bed. So that's truly an advantage in, under home care. Wonderful. Um, and Dina, I wanted just to ask you, um, because it sounds like you're doing a great job educating people out there and really making a difference. What type of feedback are you getting from, I, I would imagine you're dealing more with companies and staff versus families, is that correct? You know, I will share with you that I would say um, I've been doing this since April 2019, and it has been a little bit of um, both, calling on different communities, but also um, I've had the opportunity to present um, direct to consumer and, and share and educate at different um, events that take place and participate in different health expos. In fact, 
um, Lori and I have, have done some things together where we'll both educate the consumer and they'll say, I like these, how do I get these? And, and, and then it will say, gee, you can get them over, you know, through Lori's store. So I've had, um, I've had the opportunity to, to do both. And I think I may have shared this with you on the phone and, and I'm not a young person. I have not received one negative piece of feedback with this product. It, it's, it's almost too good to be true. And again, I'm not a young person and I've been around for a long time. The feedback is unbelievable positive and, and just true quick story. I was in one of my um, supplier stores a few months ago and, and, a gen, and I had a name badge on and the gentleman came up to me in the store and said, are you the semi lady? Kind of jokingly, I said, who, yeah, maybe, you know, who wants to know? <laughs> and he proceeded to, without giving all the details, but he proceeded to share with me that um, he was probably mid-50s, but he had gone through bladder cancer. And he said to me, your products um, changed my life. And he said, I, I have to work. And I used to go to work every day worrying that I'm going to have an accident, I'm going to have a scenario. And he said, they really changed me. And that's when it kind of hit me like, I love this company. I love what I'm doing. I love the products because what seems so, I don't know, natural or trivial or something that we just take for granted, it's an opportunity to change lives for all the right reasons. It continues to be an amazing journey working for this company. I just love every minute of it because they just care about quality and, um, and they're passionate. They're, 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 my manager is passionate in her work. The, the leadership team is passionate. Um, this company owns a community hospital overseas where um, under the umbrella, there are many brands. The only one in the U.S. right now is Seni, but they own a community hospital where the uh, real doctors, real nurses, real patients are actually using and testing the product. So um, it's just a... a commitment to quality and, um, and it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of continued learning. And I don't know, I'm on the happy train these days. I am on the happy train. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. Um, I want to, to ask you, Lori, in terms of when you're talking with families, do you kind of see the light bulb go off? I mean, cause I, I would think if I'm hearing what you're saying, I would have been, Oh, why is this the first time I'm hearing this? You know, yeah, absolutely. From, uh, can you hear me okay? I know you just cut out for a second. From working in the skilled nursing facilities for several years, one thing that no one has touched on yet is the number of falls these patients have. Now, one thing that contributes to those falls a lot of times is they feel the need to use the restroom. Let's say it's the middle of the night and they can't see, it's dark. And so they might have a UTI. They might have just had hip surgery where they should not be getting out of that bed by themselves, unassisted, and going to the restroom. Well, with an inferior product, they're going to get up and go to the restroom. They're going to try because they have to go and they do not want to go in the bed. And they do not want to go in the product that they're in. So that's a big light bulb that went off for me when talking to family members about you know, my mother always tries to make it to the restroom and it's the middle of the night and we've had a few falls in the past six months and falls for the elderly can be extremely dangerous. Um, <clears throat> and then you're talking surgery and everything that comes after that. Um, and this product, literally, they don't have that urge in the middle of the night because they do not feel like anything's leaking because the product is doing its job and it's wicking that away from the skin. So therefore, like Deanna said earlier, they're getting a great night's sleep and they're staying in bed. So that's very, very important for people to understand. That's a, that's a huge thing. I was thinking of falls or just somebody slipping if it was leaking. But, you know, it's just that discomfort or, you know, not hoping that that doesn't happen or not having to be, having to be cleaned up. I'm going to jump over to... Um, to Trisha and, and Alan and just ask you guys as far as you had mentioned some of the differences you see in in the patients and the people utilizing these products, but have you have you noticed any difference in terms of the um, 
the, the resident on an emotional engagement level, you know, because a lot of times we can look at it from a medical standpoint, but, you know, I, I'm always thinking about how do they feel and, and is it affecting their attitude at all? It, incontinence definitely impacts their attitude and uh, their emotional. You got to think about it. Um, it. At one point, they were continent in their lifetime, and now it's a whole new onset of incontinence. Um, and they're not only having to deal with that, maybe they have a medical condition that's, you know, making the onset uh, come about. Um, so they're dealing with a lot of different things that can contribute to uh, the incontinence and the emotional part of it. Um, the biggest thing is for us to offer a quality product and to offer the support to the resident um, and the reminders, you know, of the activities and just letting that ear or holding the hand to, um, you know, get them to where they need to go and encourage them and get them down to the activities and keep them active. I think, you know, Trish speaking on behalf of the assisted living residents, however, what comes to mind with me is the average Joe and Sally on a daily basis. I think that people who are younger, who are dealing with incontinent issues, it's something that's always in the back of their mind. You know, if I have a, a less quality product, is it gonna leak through? Am I gonna be embarrassed? Um, it would really hinder sometimes the mobility of going out to go to social functions because in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, is, am I going to have, is it going to show, am I going to leave a spot or something like that? And I am, I have to admit, I'm kind of a skeptic, but when um, I was given the demonstration of the center product, I, it changed my whole perspective of incontinent um, devices. I was absolutely amazed at when she took that entire cup of water and put it in that breathe. And moments later, I put my hand on it, and you could not feel the moisture, I was sold. I was sold. And I think of someone, me being continent, and it affecting me that way, I cannot imagine how happy and fulfilled I would be if I had an issue of incontinence. That would be a lifesaver for me. Excellent points. I have a question. This is gonna, I'm always looking when I, when I hear about products of ways to expand usage and stuff. And, um, and I'm going to throw this one um, to Deanna. What about, you know, not everybody, you know, as, as their comfort level, you know, changes and stuff and their needs change. Um, could these be used for um, anywhere from menstruation to even like, I know some people with hemorrhoids and they're worried about leaking. When you had mentioned about, is it going to show? I thought of both of those two incidences as well. Would it work with something like that versus just urine? You know, um, they're very different types of products. Um, menstrual pads versus urinary incontinence pads, two different things, two different types of um, uh, different, I'm going to call them liquids, but two different things going. So they're made differently. They're constructed differently. And it's, it's interesting that you say that because um, I don't know from a clinical perspective, but I will tell you from a, a Deanna perspective, I give a lot of thought to this. And I think people that are in their 50s and 60s and um, perhaps are just starting to even experience light incontinence, I am guessing out of habit, they may go to a store and they may pick up a menstrual panty liner, for example. And I question whether... They get a UTI because that type of menstrual pad is, is typically not breathable and not made for urinary incontinence. And they get a UTI and they go to the doctor. And I wonder in our country if, uh, if physicians are asking, gee, are you wearing any type of liner? I wonder if there's some tie-in, um, just, just Deanna's thoughts, if there's a tie-in with urinary incontinence and wearing the menstrual pad for the younger folks that are, that are doing that. But they're absolutely two different types of products. And, um, uh, you know, for, for your different needs, you should be wearing the correct one. Well, that's really good to know. And that would be a great question for physicians to follow up and for individuals themselves going, is, is there... But again, when you don't know that there's even a difference between these other than you look, I mean, you walk into a store and it's just this size, this shape, you know, this, and, and it's, you know, light heavy is kind of how they're, how they're weighing yeah. stuff out. 
you know, trying to talk simple language to us, but all the real details of the benefits of the product really kind of get washed away because we don't even know what we're looking for, you know, in that. Um, so thank you for that. I'm going to ask um, Alan and Trisha if they had anything to add to what Deanna said. No, I, I think she covered it very eloquently. Yeah. Alan and Trisha, do you guys have any other comments of, of anything that we didn't cover that we should have covered? No, I, I just think at the, at the end of the day, um, it's nothing to be embarrassed about urinary incontinence. It really is not. And, you know, people who are suffering or experiencing that, you know, you're not alone. You know, there are people out there who um, are experiencing it. And as Lori said earlier, you know, get plugged into a store, get fitted properly, you know, follow up, regain your self-esteem and your, your social skills and don't let it be a, a hindrance or let it limit you in any way, shape or form. Trisha, anything you wanted to add? I would agree with that. Um, don't, let it, don't let it limit your quality of life, definitely. Great, get, get educated. You know, one thing that we didn't cover, and I'll throw this back to um, Dina and, uh, and Lori, is um, people are really worried about odor too. It's like, okay, so it's like packing this all away, but now, it, you know, it, does the whole room smell or what's going on? I mean, because people think about those things. And so can you, can you touch on that for people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the Sunny products, I can tell you the way that, that they're constructed, um, different cellulose pulp, they call it, and polymers. And together, they wick the moisture, create a gel, but it also reduces the urine odor as well. And so that is one of the, um, one of the benefits. And, and exactly to your point, people are are concerned about it. Um, and so that's where we're proud to say that we construct them in a way that it does reduce urine odor and kind of our, our model is go out and enjoy life. Don't worry about it. We got you covered in that area and, and you be you. From assisting families in choosing a nursing facility, I can tell you that odor is very important to these families. And it should be, because if they walk into an, uh, an assisted living or a nursing facility for their loved one, and they are literally looking where to place their loved ones, if they walk down that hall and they smell that odor, they're going to turn around and usually walk right back out. And that one's off the list. So it is extremely important. And I was fortunate enough to work at some places that kept it very smelling very nice. and. To go back to the Senny product again, it just, it, it eliminates or lessens a lot of that. Well, going down that, that fork in the road you just opened up for me, I got to ask this question. Okay, so you, you've, got, you've got one on that is uh, locked and loaded and it's time to dispose of it. Do you have to dispose of it in a, in a special way? You know, is it, I, I, because people are probably wondering, you know, do you need, like with, with uh, babies we have like those diaper genies and things um do you have to put it in a in a special plastic bag just to kind of keep it closed or can you throw it in with your garbage what what do you recommend as far as that goes diana well um we have a, a product and on the back of it it's got a little uh, a little tab on it so for someone who is wearing a pull-up and and they're out um, they can actually roll it up, put the tab over it, and it kind of locks everything, and then they can just dispose of it um, regularly. So I'm not aware of any special measures regarding um, disposing of the product. But, but again, we try to construct them in a way easy on, easy off. Um, within the communities themselves, maybe Alan and uh, Tricia might be able to speak with that, uh, speak to that, I should say. Okay, we'll throw it over to them and see what they have to say. Alan and Tricia, any, any comments there? For the disposal of it, the same as any other product would be just, uh, you know, wrap it up tightly and dispose of it as, as you would. I totally agree. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, it's definitely yeah. soluble and it'll break exactly. down. So therefore, you know, any trash receptacle or anything like that, you know, we wouldn't encourage you to kind of walk around with it for the entire day at SeaWorld or Disney World or something no. like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Deanna and Lori, any, any last comments from the two of you? No, I would just 
kind of comment um, further on, on Alan's point to anybody out there that's looking for help. I'm, I'm a big, I love the word help in our country. I love the word help, but ask for help. There's so many resources out there, so many wonderful people. Um, I think we're getting back into a world of people wanting to help people. And this is one area where speak up and ask for help because um, you should be able to live a quality uh, life at, at any age. And, and I think that's what I, I know everybody on this call is, uh, is focused on. So that, that would be my comment. Ask for help. Help is out there. To piggyback on that, again, we don't know what we don't know. And that's the way every, because as you're navigating these waters, you know, before mom fell in and broke her hip or before she became incontinent, you didn't know anything about those issues. So you didn't know where to go and what to do and what questions to even ask. So like Deanna said, ask the questions because we're all going to be there one day too. So, you know, go to the, go to the people that know the answers. And before we got into this industry, we did not have these answers. So it's all about education, learning. And I would imagine if they go to, let's say like a medical supply, uh, store in their area that might not have them mention it to them that this is different and that you've heard and that they should be carrying this product and and checking into that as well well i i think this has been a really wonderful conversation and hopefully we've changed people's minds about incontinence and and how it can affect your life and how it doesn't have to affect your life you know that you can really continue to live a full life with this, but it, it is about getting educated, knowing your options and, and getting the right products for your situation. And that situation may change over time too. The mm -hmm. nice with, with Cine is they have a, you know, such a wide range of products that are out there. So thank you again um, for, your, for your time today and, and listening. And I hope that you all will uh, like, click and share this so it gets out to the, the rest of the world there. <laughs> and you can get a hold of Deanna and we've got her email listed um, as well as phone number and website there. And so please uh, give her a holler if you have any questions you know, whatsoever. We want to make sure that that everybody knows about Cine and that uh, that you get the right product when you need it. Mm -hmm. As simple as that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks once again for listening to our show. I think this was really powerful in terms of shifting perceptions of incontinence and products that are available and how to live more fully. So I hope that you choose to share this show with others and help those not only with dementia, but those that are dealing with incontinence as well. And all of our shows are archived, so you can access them anytime. And feel free to subscribe. We'd love to have you follow us. Bye now. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.